0: Do you manage multiple social media accounts? If you do, check out CoSchedule, this great resource that I found. It's a total game changer. Go to bit.ly forward slash CoSchedule, G-A-M-P for Go Adventure Mom podcast to check it out.
1: Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom. For families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton.
0: Welcome, you guys, to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. This is Kathy Dalton, and I'm so glad that you're here. This past week, I attended a blogging conference called the Snap Conference, and I left so inspired to tell my story. Heidi Swap is a designer. And has beautiful products. Check her out at HeidiSwap.com. And she's got products that are sold in Michaels that are all about telling your story. And she's got some beautiful new albums and, and kind of this like innovative way to scrapbook and add photos and journal. But it just left me so energized and so excited to continue to share stories with you and to have this podcast and hopefully... Make a difference in your life. Today, we are chatting with Mara Voorhees. She is a travel author for Lonely Planet. She's heading to Russia later this month, and she's going to talk with us about world schooling and how the world can be your classroom. You'll want to stay tuned because she's going to share some of her tips for family travel and the number one thing that she does not leave home without. Welcome to the show, Mara. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. It's great to be here. Tell us how our listeners can connect with you. Listeners can log on to my blog at
1: havetwinswilltravel.com. I'm also on Facebook at Mara Voorhees or Have Twins Will Travel. And I'm on Twitter at
0: Mara Voorhees. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about how you got started with a Lonely Planet. I was studying international development
1: at Georgetown University, and I studied Russian and Russian politics and Russian history. So after I graduated, I did work for a couple of years in Russia and lived in uh, Yekaterinburg, Russia, which is a city in the Ural Mountains, and I lived there for about two years, and it was a really interesting time to be in Russia and I loved living overseas, but I didn't really take to the business and management side of that job. So at the time we were doing also a lot of traveling around Russia and using Lonely Planet guidebooks. And I sort of realized that I knew this region a lot better than the person who was writing the guidebook. And and now that I'm actually a guidebook writer, I realize that the writers actually come through these towns, smaller towns, for a not very long period of time. So a person that was living there for two years had a lot more in-depth knowledge of of the region. So I just wrote a letter to Lonely Planet. I wrote them cold, actually, and um, offered my services to help update the, the Russia guidebook. And I did have to jump through a few hoops before they actually gave me a gig, but One thing led to another, and eventually I was working on my first assignment for them, which was in Poland. I did a couple of different things in Eastern Europe and Russia, but soon enough I started taking on gigs pretty much every year or even twice a year, and I quit my other job, and I realized that the the creatives life and the traveling life could go hand in hand with this job, which was really an ideal situation for me.
0: I love that. I love that it's it's something you're passionate about. I love when people are kind of headed, headed down one path and they realize, you know what? No, this isn't the right thing for me. I, I want to do something different. And I love that you've got hustle if you weren't afraid to you know, cold call and, and send a letter and say, hey, I think I can add some value here. I think I had really low expectations
1: when I first contacted them. And I had done plenty of writing and sent out articles and not gotten any response to other outlets. So this was a particularly good match. I think I had great timing in terms of being in Russia at a time when that region of the world was just opening up for tourism. So it takes a bit of luck and a little bit of perseverance, but I was definitely
0: lucky too, so it was good. So in all the places that you've traveled, tell us where your favorite place to go adventure is. Yeah, that's a great question, which I get
1: often. And usually I have my most recent destination stuck in my head. So I just answer, well, I'll say my most recent destination. But I gave it a little bit of more thought today, and I decided that my favorite place to go adventure is actually in my own backyard. I spend a lot of time traveling in other parts of the world and planning all these far-flung adventures, so it's really a treat to discover all of the natural resources and the history and the beautiful nature and amazing cultural resources that we have right here in New England and in Boston. Boston, which is where I live. And I, I think that sometimes it's easy to forget that when I'm constantly on the go to other places. But one thing my kids have helped me to do is slow down and, and discover things closer to home also. So in recent years, that that's become my favorite place to go adventure is right here in New England.
0: I love that kids really bring that different perspective and, and they do make us slow down. I've got three kids and we... Over spring break didn't have any big plans. We we'd planned to go camping and all these things fell through and we were supposed to stay in the yurt and all this stuff didn't work out. But we went, you know, downtown and we were tourists and we walked around and we took pictures of flowers and we went to the museums and just created such like a sense of appreciation and love for my city to to see it from a, a tourist perspective, right?
1: Right. So as a travel writer, I cover Boston for Lonely Planet, and it gives me a chance to, to do that, to act like a tourist in my own city. And it's really amazing the things that I lo- have learned about about the city and have been able to share with my kids. So that's really a treat.
0: Well, and I love with with kids, there's... Definitely. We've seen a shift in in travel, especially in the travel industry, I'd say in the last maybe three to five years, where people are getting out in their world schooling, they're taking their kids and homeschooling, but instead of just staying home and teaching from the home, they're getting out and seeing the world.
1: Yeah, this is a great new trend. It's really exciting to see. I think as um, people's jobs, people's occupations are becoming more mobile, right? Thanks to technology and thanks to new kinds of employment situations, people are able to work from, they don't have to go into the office anymore. And many people find that they can do their jobs from anywhere in the world. So if they're going to take their jobs on the road, they figure why don't we take the whole family on the road? And, you know, maybe out of necessity or maybe the whole the whole impetus for the travel is for the children's education, but one way or another they find parents are finding that they might be responsible for their children's education themselves instead of sending them to school. But what a wonderful opportunity when the whole world is your classroom, right? Oh yeah, it offers really just an amazing and an unlimited opportunity for education. I feel like travel is always an opportunity for education, no matter no matter where you're going, really. But world schooling <laughs> presents this idea that that if the world is your classroom, you can take any any situation you find yourself in and turn that into a lesson or vice versa, choose your destination based on the lesson that you want your children to learn.
0: and And giving more intention with, you know, we're just not just the beach, but like, that's the vacations that we sometimes like, you know, we're just going to go to the beach. But instead, you know, let's let's plan this out a little bit better. Let's be intentional about this experience. And we're also seeing a lot of trend in in a really great way for social good and people that are coming into communities and aren't just, you know, take take take, you know, I'm going to be a tourist and and spend the money, which is great, but I think there's this new movement for people that are giving back to the communities which they are are visiting, where they're, you know, taking the time to visit local schools and you know, seek to understand what their needs are and how, how can we serve you and how can we help you? And how can we, you know, help this community and and build and, and create and add value, I think is really powerful and impactful my partner on the site Mary Edwards she went back to Nepal in October and was able to meet with different women in the villages in Nepal after the earthquake had happened and we did a podcast about that just the episode before this so if you haven't had a chance to hear that it's it's really impactful to hear how we can make a difference even as as tourists as as we're visiting a country because we can help understand the culture, number one, I think. And number two, we can go back and we can advocate and share those stories with the people that we come in contact with. Mm. And from a
1: world schooling point of view, the impact on your children, I mean, giving them the opportunity to learn about these places and but and to learn about what they are able to do to learn about what's happening in other parts of the world and to learn about how other people live and how they also can make an impact and they also have a responsibility to give back to their to the community or give back to the world that they're inhabiting is a really powerful a powerful thing that it's possible to do it locally also, but um to do it on a on a worldwide scale like this just broadens a child's mind so they realize that their community is not just the people around them or the people that live like them, but also the whole world. And that includes, you know, people on different continents, people from different cultures and from all different backgrounds that, that are facing different challenges that they might not otherwise be aware of.
0: And in that education, in that kind of world schooling mindset, in, in creating a generation of children that are more understanding and have experience with, you know, different religions and different cultures and, and different values, I think it helps them to not be scared of those things that are different. And it helps them to create, I think, a greater love for our planet, for the people in our planet and and a, a greater way of you know seeing the world you know changing perspective and being i think more tolerant and being kind to people that maybe are a little bit different than you because i think sometimes those things are scary especially as a kid and then they grow you know we grow into adults and maybe we don't know you know certain historical or religious issues that are going on and it helps to create this next generation of children that hopefully can be more compassionate and and to do good things in their day-to-day lives.
1: Right. Absolutely. The world is getting smaller because it's becoming easier to travel or, or use technology to experience these places, but we have to make sure and take advantage of that, right? We have to make sure that our, our kids get the exposure that they need for exactly the purposes that, that you outlined.
0: Maybe you can share with us your advice for traveling with kids and maybe a couple of steps or tips that our listeners can do. Sure. So,
1: when I'm traveling, I'm often on the road for a job. So, I often have to be working while I'm traveling. So, it's not necessarily a family vacation. And we travel as a family but my husband also is he's a writer and a professor so he usually also has we have things that we need to do besides take care of the children. So I'm not averse to bringing along babysitters, grandparents. I love traveling with my, my parents. Um, and we've also hired babysitters in country when when we get there, which gives us a little bit of flexibility that we need to to get the job done, which is one of the reasons that (laughs) that we have the opportunity to be on the road in the first place with the kids. Then at the same time, we make sure that we set aside enough time to spend, you know, quality time exploring this new destination with the kids. And one of the things that's really great about world schooling is largely like homeschooling. Of course, there's like certain basic elements of of an education of math and science and things that kids probably have to learn by looking at books and sitting at a desk and studying and writing. But beyond those basic elements, there's a whole vast area of knowledge that, 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 that you can decide where you want to explore. And so that's what world schooling allows a lot of self-direction. And depending on the age of kids, obviously parents and children can work together to decide on this trip what do you want to really investigate what do we really want to do and use follow your your kids direction in terms of what their interests are when you plan out your itinerary and what you want to explore and do with them so you know if your children are interested in history then head for the battle sites and the forts and if they're interested in ecology, you know, you can plan some time working on a farm or going on safari or or up close interaction with animals. So we really like to plan our time so that make sure that we have time to get done what we need to get done, but also spend some time planning with the kids and deciding what they want to do and pursue while we're traveling also.
0: And have you found that they're more invested in the trip and in the experiences that they're having because they are part of that planning process? I'd say so. It gives them a chance to get excited. My, my children are still
1: pretty young, so they can turn on a dime <laughs> in the way that they they feel about something. They're only six years old. But I think that certainly as kids get older, they certainly get more invested as they can plan. And they don't, you know, giving kids autonomy when you can is always a good thing when, it, when it's possible. So I think um, that's a great way to make sure that the kids are on board. They're, they're helping to plan the trip. So they're going to be okay with it.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I have a few tips. One thing that I always have to remind
1: myself is to manage my expectations when I'm planning a trip and as it sets off. Because there's always things that go wrong and it's very easy to get frustrated and feel like this is a disaster or this is a failure or the worst feeling is that this is a waste of time or money, but that's a very temporary feeling. And if we, as a parent can manage our expectations and recognize that it's not going to go perfectly, places are going to be closed, kids are going to have meltdowns. The plan is not going to go exactly as you had hoped and try to have some flexibility and, and, maybe even a sense of humor about it. In the long run, you're going to look back on this experience in a very positive way. It's just a matter of dealing with the immediate disappointment and recognizing that that's going to happen. So for me, I really have to remind myself not to get my expectations up too high. uh, Of course, we want to get excited and look forward to these experiences, but you we need to recognize that something is going to go wrong. And once you, re- you remember that and remind yourself, then when it happens, it's a lot easier to deal with.
0: Mara shares her number one item that she travels with when she's traveling with her kids, when we return. I've just learned about a great way to get quality food at an unbeatable value direct from the farm to your family table. It's called Zaycon, Z-A-Y-C-O-N. And they've got a special discount for you guys that are listening. Zaycon.com forward slash refer forward slash G-A-M. Check it out and you can get farm fresh food delivered directly to your family. We're back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Our guest today is Mara Voorhees and she is teaching us about world schooling, Mara is an author for Lonely Planet and writes a lot of their travel guides. She's an expert in family travel, and we are talking about the number one thing to bring when you're traveling with kids.
1: Often people ask me, what's the most important thing that you have to bring on a trip? And of course, what you're going to pack varies depending on your destination, but I never fail to bring along sketch packs for my children. It's a surefire uh, form of entertainment on the airplane or while we're waiting for a bus or it's also a great way for the kids to record their impressions and they can draw pictures or use it as a journal. And that becomes an educational tool because they're remembering what they're seeing and uh, processing it and, and learning as they go.
0: I love that. And it also becomes kind of a souvenir that they get to keep and can look back and say, Oh yeah, this is when we went to the trip on the trip to Belize. Right. It makes a great
1: it makes a great record for their trip and for their to remember it in the future. So
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Mara. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing about world schooling and really motivating us to plan that next trip with our families and to be intentional about it and add kind of some of the, the cultural and, and religious aspects maybe to research. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kathy. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode with Mara he's with Lonely Planet, It has been so fun to learn about world schooling, and we hope you think so, too. Leave a review or a comment below, and we'd love to hear what you think. We will be sharing our favorite comment or review in the next episode. See you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share
0: with your friends.